More than likely in the morning, you'll realize this still may hurt. This still is hard, but you will get through it. And if you just lean in and look for the lesson, then there will never be a hard season that isn't valuable to you. Hello, and welcome to Agnes Scott College's podcast, Journeys to Leadership, where we explore the paths of inspiring women leaders from around the globe. I'm Leo Kadiazak, president of Agnes Scott and the host of this podcast. I hope that our guest stories not only encourage you, our listeners and leaders of today and tomorrow, but they also inspire you as you take the next steps in your own journey. A Georgia native, today's guest is a national voiceover talent, actress, host, and former radio DJ. She has worked in multiple markets with nearly a decade of experience in the entertainment industry. She specializes in commercial, industrial narration, and promotional voiceover. Her work can be heard in commercials for various companies, including Audio Nation, GE, Hallmark, Jiffy Lube, Build-A-Bear, Subway, and Belk, to name just a few. She is also the co-owner of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio, which was founded with the goal of developing and raising the level of voiceover talent in Atlanta and beyond. Our guest is leading with her heart and making a positive and inspiring impact in the entertainment industry while expanding a freelance career, co-owning a small business, and leading a team. Like so many, her journey has had its challenges, but she is leading with resiliency, consistency, and positivity. Please join me in welcoming Heidi Rue. Hello, Heidi. Thanks so Hi. much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Such an honor. Well, we're delighted to have you. I have to tell you, I'm a little intimidated in doing a podcast <laughs> with someone who does voiceover. <laughs> I might have to have you come later and do a little voiceover for me. <laughs> what is voiceover? Some of our listeners may not know. It's kind of this weird mystery of an industry um, that most people are like, wait, what even is that? I didn't even really know exactly what it was either when I first started. But voiceover is found in so many different things. Most people probably immediately think of cartoons or animation the voices behind the character. And that is one of the aspects or genres of voiceover, but there's also commercials. Um, and once you now are attuned to it, if you listen into those commercials, it's like you can't ever not hear. Like, oh my gosh, that's right. I just didn't think about like there's a voice behind that commercial. Um, but then there's also a lot of other genres. E-learning is a huge one and it continues to grow every year. Um, also video games, of course, that may be another one that people are familiar with. IVR or phone messaging, text-to-speech or AI jobs, um, those are big. And even if it's like um, I've been playing one for AutoNation spots for a long time, just within even their commercial. Audiobooks is another one. I mean, there's a ton of different genres or, um, or fields that use voiceover talent. 
And it sounds like one that is continuing to increase, especially with technology. I mean, I love my audiobooks. So it sounds like there are multiple uses and just continuing to increase. It really is. I mean, especially the audiobook industry. I think that it, I think that I just read that it almost doubled in revenue just within the past year or so, audiobooks did, and that's going to continue to grow. Um, So, yes, there is more and more need for voiceover, especially in this digital world. Um, And even in my own career, um, you know, technology has changed so much. Before, we would mainly get booked in outside studios. But now, you know, if you don't have a home studio, it's really hard to compete in the industry. So you really need to have a home studio. And COVID really blew that up. I was doing probably still like 90% of my jobs from my home studio before COVID. Um, and then, of course, after COVID, I've been in maybe twice to outside studios, um, and all, I mean, 99.9% of my jobs are done from my home studios, which is wonderful because you can be anywhere. So many people say, oh, is Atlanta a great hub for voiceover? It's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, Atlanta voiceover studio is here, so it would be great, <laughs> you know, if you want to be in person and, you know, can come to even some of our socials and stuff, but, um, but you don't have to be. You can be anywhere and do voiceover. You can be connected to LA from, you know, I don't know, a small town in Mississippi. (laughs) It just doesn't matter. So. Well, that is wonderful to know. And part of our podcast is talking about journeys and your journey. So I'd love to take you back. Um, Where did you grow up? And did you think this is what you were going to do um, (laughs) as you were growing up? Yeah. Um, No, I did not think that this is what I was going to do. But I grew up in Atlanta, just south of Atlanta. So I was born in Riverdale and then grew up uh, like in middle school or so in Jonesboro. So I went to Jonesboro High School and um, I've always loved the Atlanta area and Georgia and so proud to be here. I went away to school in Tennessee, but I came back because I was like, wow, this place is awesome. I love Atlanta so much. But I never, I never even thought about voiceover, honestly. My track was really in radio. I actually wanted to go into television broadcasting for a little bit, and then I interned at a news station, and I was like, oh, gosh, I'm going to want to hug these people. I'm not going to get the story. I'm going to be an awful (laughs) reporter. (laughs) And so so then I interned at a radio station, and I thought, oh, I love this. This is is my jam. And so I was in radio, really. And it wasn't until a guy, a coworker of mine, said, you know, do you do voiceover? Because I could listen to your voice all day. (laughs) And I was like, Okay, that's quite the pickup line, I think. Um, but he actually helped me get started in voiceover because I thought, I don't even know what this is. I mean, I had done I had done voiceovers. Anytime, anybody that's in radio or even TV, a lot of times local stations, salespeople will pull you in to do spots because you're there, because you're cheap, <laughs> you're free, and you can come in there and do it. Um, but it's a totally different thing doing that than actually trying to compete and, you know, create a business out of it. Um, but I just didn't think it was, a, I don't know, I just never thought of it before. But that guy actually ended up 
really helping me figure out voiceover and understand the business. And um, then he married me. So that, <laughs> it oh, all worked that's out. Fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. So you answered one of the questions that so many people want to know, which is, do you have mentors? Mm -hmm. Has someone helped to guide you? Um, you have an amazing someone I here um, that you <laughs> talked about. But are there other people or have you had the opportunity to mentor others? Yes to both of those. And I feel like it is so important to, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's a blessing to have mentors in your life, but also it is so important to give to others. Um, but I remember one of my first mentors was actually, it was in middle school, and there was a guy, and it, it's weird, I know it's like, it's a man, it's an older man, but we were friends of their family. And he just always would write me these notes of like, you know, I see that you have leadership qualities and everything. And that was so, it was so impactful for me and my life because I had my dad, my, my dad was always proud of me. My, I have great great parents, but to have somebody else say, hey, I see this in you that's not my dad <laughs> that like has to say it, you know, it's like, yeah, dad, okay, I know you know, I, I know you think that. Um, that really gave me such confidence, especially going through middle school, which is, you know, it's a tough time for everybody. And then for some reason, I just always had these people in my life that would be encouraging. And I, I don't know how I got so lucky, but I'm so grateful for that. Um, and in doing so, that al I always thought I want to be able to give back to other people. Um, so I actually have a mentor that I started when she was in second grade, and she's now in high school, um, and a uh, mentee, and she is just precious. But I will say, and I don't know if anyone's listening, or I know this isn't necessarily part of the conversation, but something that I want to say that's so valuable that I've been learning through being a mentor is I felt a lot of pressure to do everything right or like... I've got to keep investing in her life or making sure, like, how do I talk to her about this? Or how do I do this? And and actually, when I looked back at my own history of having mentors, I realized it wasn't like, it wasn't even necessarily planned or, you know, they weren't there for every moment of my life or anything like that. It, it was in the small, these small moments that even sometimes them not even saying anything but the way that they lived their life or there was um, a friend of our family's and he was um, vice president of finance, Chick-fil-A, and, and they were just great friends of our family. And I learned so much just even about finances from them. But it wasn't like it wasn't like that they sat me down and said, hey, uh, I want to share this with you. But it was through their own stories of how they grew up or how lessons that they learned. And um, that's been one of the things that I've really been learning um, as a mentor is that I don't, I don't know, it doesn't need to be pressure. You don't need to feel like you have to have everything worked out or have these great things to say, that sometimes it's just about being there, having somebody else in their life that supports them, that is cheering them on. And yeah, and that, that's, that makes a huge impact. Well, that's so encouraging to so many people who can do that. You don't have to be an expert in mentoring no. to mentor. Mm -hmm. um, it's often being yourself. Yes. Um, and just looking out for others. Yeah. You mentioned finance. 
and you know you are a business owner. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that you you know, women going into business and starting their own business mm-hmm. is something that can be very difficult. Um, I'd love to know more about how you made that decision, whether there were struggles in that process, or what advice could you give to others? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that the entrepreneur spirit was always kind of in me. Um, my dad was a public school teacher. My mom was a teacher. She stayed home with the four kids. So, like, I grew up also just knowing I had to make my own money and, you know, to pay for college and everything. So I just would always um, – I don't know. I think I just always thought through that of like, okay, I need to figure this stuff out so I can provide for myself. So I always had that mindset, but I tried a lot of things and failed (laughs) at them. Um, But through all of those things, I learned a lot. I One of the greatest things that crushed me was I had this blog that I did for six years. It was so consistent. I I went to blog conferences and um, it took up so much of my time, and I really loved it. But honestly, I mean, the most I ever made was like twelve thousand dollars for out of a year for my blog, and that was even before expenses <laughs> were taken out. And so um, it was something that I just had to say, okay, this is something I need to let go of and move on after six years. And that was really hard. But do you know what? It was the things that I learned through the blog that actually helped our studio succeed. So, um, and, and what, you're, what you're talking about is Atlanta VoiceOver Studio, which we started, it's actually been a little over six years. And um, one of the first things that I did with the studio was start an email newsletter. And I had only known how to do that because of the blog. Well, that has been one of the greatest tools for our studio, for growth, for um, community, for connection of the studio. And I never would have done that if I hadn't, you know, gone through that process with the blog. Um, There's so much to say, but I will say that um, about starting a business, it is, with the studio, I didn't, we never intended for it to be what it is today. It was supposed to be kind of this small thing, um, but there were huge needs. And so we went to the needs and and all with the, the desire to help people. And that's what led to the growth. But it is also one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. Um, and I'm we're run I'm running it with my husband, so throw that into the mix. <laughs> you know, it is uh, it is not easy at all. And I just want to say that if there's ever if there's anyone that is listening out there, one that wants to start a business, two that's already started a business, and if you ever need someone to talk to, please reach out to me because one of the things about it is it can be really lonely. Um, it, it's. And there's just so many things that you encounter that you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't know how to navigate this. But when you do, when you push through those hard things, it builds up that resilience that then a year from now you'll be like, oh, I can do this. That's no problem. I've already been through that. That was a long answer to your question. but No, but thank you. And thank you so much for that offer. I mean, we're very excited. Um, this year, we're launching our Innovation and Entrepreneurship Hub on our campus. I'm really encouraging our students in entrepreneurship. So I appreciate that. 
you know, one of the things you mentioned was you started your business mm-hmm. because you wanted to do something for others. So many people do not equate that. They don't equate, you know, business and doing good or the fact there's an opportunity to do good. Yeah. Um, while you're doing something else. Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so funny because I do, so many people, and and you probably could go on social media and see a ton of, um, of, (laughs) of memes or whatever quotes about this, about like, find your passion and you'll never work a day in your life. The only problem with that is that a successful business takes what you're passionate about and what you can give to other people, what needs you can meet in other people. So if we only focus on our passion and us and, you know, me, 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 then you leave out the equation that really leads to growth, which is what do people need and how can I help meet that need? Um, But for the studio, you know, it was one of those things where we didn't intend to be a training facility. We started off with just like a small recording studio that really was just, um, it was our idea to try and like have an outside home studio that that way I didn't have to be just at home all the time and I could see people. And, um, And we could record our friends, especially that are on camera actors that didn't have home studios. But then people kept asking us, oh, do you do workshops? Do you do classes? Do you do demos? And we're like, no. And we tried to, you know, refer them to other places. And we realized there was a huge need in Atlanta for this. So that's when we started um, expanding. And all I did was just listen. I just listened to what people said, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And because... Mike and I had already been in voiceover for a while. We had gone through some of the peaks and valleys. Um, We still go through the peaks and valleys, um, to be honest with you. But we understood what that's like to be down in that valley and to need the resources to figure out how do I get out of here. And that's really what drove us to go, okay, there's a need. We can help people. We can help them navigate stuff that we wish we had when we were going through this time. And and really, that just continues to be our focus. Um, and I think part of it is just like who we are, but um, it's actually turned out to be a good business, <laughs> you know, decision, too, because that that fuels the growth, you know. Well, you, you mentioned listening several times, mm-hmm. and I would be curious, what do you see as good qualities in a leader? You obviously are a leader in your field, in the Atlanta community. You know, what are those qualities? I would think, um, first of all, like humility and always staying, um, I don't know quite, I guess open is the word. Um because, you know, as a leader, first of all, you're held to a higher standard, um, which can be really hard. You know, I mean, the pressure of knowing, like, I have got to be, I want to be the best boss to our employees. I want to be the best um, business partner to, <laughs> to my partner, my real life partner. <laughs> I want to be the best, um, you know, uh, figure out where do we grow. I, I want to make sure that we can benefit the students and everyone that's involved. And that's a lot of pressure, you know, because we're not perfect. But I think that the humility to just always stay open and seek help yourself. 
um, I, I go to a counselor every two weeks, um, and that has been so helpful. I mean, I was in counseling before, but that has helped me so much because I want to always stay in check of like, okay, where am I health-wise? Um, because that trickles down. If I'm not healthy, then that's going to trickle down to our employees and the students. And um, so I think just that humility and openness is very, very important. And then I think that honestly, to be a good business leader, you also need to be able to have the quality of being able to look or to have a vision, I guess, uh, be visionary. Um, because for a long time, we worked in our business, you know, like day to day operations and everything. And the problem with that is that you can't grow, you can't um, you need to be able to see things from a different viewpoint. And so I think being able to have that strategy of, you know, where can we go and, and how do we get there is really important. There's a lot of there's a lot of qualities that I feel like and I'm still working on myself. I, I think. Well, well, I think all good leaders are continue to work on themselves. Yeah. I have a question. Is there anything that really surprised you about yourself? As you've gone along this journey, um, is there anything that said, I never imagined this about myself, or I discovered this, or people have told me, um, clearly, you know, your voice, but are there other things that you've discovered about yourself? I Yes. One of the biggest things is um, I do feel like I'm a teacher at heart. And I did not think that's one of the hesitations with the studio of even offering classes and workshops and stuff is I thought, well, I can't teach. I don't I don't know how to teach or um, I don't feel qualified to teach. Um, And I think I always just thought, well, I just I don't know. Like, I I don't know what to tell other people or how to do it. Um, But we did start teaching a class and I realized I thought we thought Mike was going to really take the lead in teaching because of course hello he taught me how to do voiceover (laughs) um but honestly I I just found that I did really well in that because I think I was able to um again it's the listening listening to other students figuring out where they are and figuring out how to get there was not only a joy to me, um, but I did feel like I was really good at one of our, so one of the things that we did, uh, Mike and I, when we started the studio, cause it was like, oh my gosh, how are we running this as a married couple? This is crazy. Um, but is that we established three values to filter all of our decisions through. And I would highly recommend anyone that starts a business, especially with a business partner to do this because it helps to be a compass for you and for you guys to all be on the same page. But we decided on these values and they're stewardship, freedom, and grace. And stewardship is like thinking about, okay, how do I, how am I stewarding the students' time and resources and money that come in? How are we stewarding the instructors' time and resources and our employees? The the people that we're worst at is stewarding our own time and resources, but we're working on that. Um, And then freedom is just more of like, we felt like at the very beginning, it, it was easy when things would come up that were hard or 
um, you know, we've had a couple of hurtful kind of situations this past year, and it's really easy to kind of hold those fists because you don't want to get hurt. You want to protect yourself. But we wanted to just always remember to kind of have our business with open hands and think of it like just, you know, we're going to go where kind of this business leads us and we're we're not going to try and control things. And then grace. And the reason why I share that is because we defined grace as meeting people where they're at. And so I found that I just love to be able to figure out where are you at? Where can we go? How can we take you a step further? And that was something that totally surprised me. I did not think that I would, I would love that. <laughs> also, you know, it really does fill my heart too to see people be able to make strides. And I love the visual of the open hands. Mm-hmm. I think that is that is just really a wonderful visual and so important. What excites you about the future? <laughs> um maybe getting a nap. <laughs> If I'm being honest. <laughs> I think we I think all of us. Um that would be exciting. Yeah, you know, um I'm honestly I'm excited to see how I grow through the business, honestly. Even though it has been one of the hardest things that I've ever been through, it's also been the greatest opportunity for growth in my life. And so as hard as it is, I look forward to being able to look back two years from now and go, wow, that was hard, but that was the greatest character building (laughs) exercise I've ever been in my life. Um, And yeah, I I think that, I think that I'm hopeful, um, you know, our studio, it, it has grown well and it's done, I mean, to be, to have a business, a small business, make it through six years. Um, is really incredible that most small businesses don't do that, you know? And so, um, so I even have to step back and just see that, see that victory and just go, okay, then who knows what the next four years are going to look like? You know, how, who knows what, um, great services that we can provide to the Atlanta community and, and beyond too, because we offer virtual options as well. But, um, yeah, I just, I look forward to that. I look forward to more wisdom. I know that sounds really weird, but um, I don't know about you, but I I think I remember Oprah talking about how, you know, in the different decades of her life and how there were lessons or, or, or great gifts. And I do feel like I'm in that decade of like, I value wisdom so much and with wisdom, for me at least, comes peace. And so being able to look forward to, even though hard times, um, though they may be, the wisdom that comes from that and then the inevitable peace. I think that's so beautiful. So often we talk about knowledge is power, but I love the wisdom is peace. That's really terrific. Heidi, it has been such a pleasure having you on our show. Do you have any last words of encouragement for our listeners? Um, yes. <laughs> I think this is twofold. So one is, I know so many people say, um, I have no regrets in my life. I have regrets. Um, I'll just be honest with you. Um, I have regrets. And one of those is, is when I left radio to um, to do voiceover full time and acting, um, 
there was another radio mentor of mine that said, you need to take a month off at least. Take a month off, six weeks off. Like, don't do anything and just take that time. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And I didn't take that. I hit the ground running. And to this day, I regret it because I was so anxious to kind of get started that I didn't have that time to reflect. Um, and I think that could have saved me from a lot of like mistakes and, and yeah. So I would just say if you had that opportunity to take a break or take that time to reflect, um, then take it. <laughs> um, but then the second part is if you think that something's going to break you, sleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely in the morning, you'll realize this still may hurt. This still is hard, but you will get through it. And if you just lean in and look for the lesson, then there will never be a hard season that isn't valuable to you. Heidi, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. To our listeners, I hope you are encouraged and inspired. Thank you for listening. Heidi Rue's journey is one of many that we can't wait to share with you. Thank you so much for joining us. I also want to thank our producer, Sydney Perry, for making this podcast possible. I am Leo Kadia Zak, and this is Journeys to Leadership. Looking for more content? Check out Leading Everywhere, the Agnes Scott College podcast a show that shares the stories of the campus community students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.